Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of the Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. And I'm James Montemagno, and it's Xbox release week. Whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, yeah. James, I- I'm standing in line waiting for the latest and greatest Apple silicone to come out. Nobody's here. Nobody's here with me, but I'm freezing. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're outside the Apple store over in, uh, in the U village and you're like, yeah, let's do this. I'm ready. Yeah. But little did you know that all the Apple stores are still closed. Are they still it's closed? Not even open. I have no yeah, idea. I think so. <laughs> um, you know, I have some Apple Silicon sitting around. I have one of those DTK units, although, um, I can't, I'm running into some issues with it currently for the upgrade process. But, um, we had talked on the other podcast I do merge conflict, Frank and I about it cause he got one too. And it's, um, the M1 chip it's, what we have, I don't think is the M1 chip, but I think overall it's it's really impressive. So I'm excited to maybe get one of these M1 devices at some point. Um, you know, I've been deving all my apps work, which is really cool. So I'm, I'm excited to actually run iOS applications on a Mac. I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be pretty cool too, but you know, they advertise it as one more thing, you know, join us for the one more thing. And you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's a processor change. Is that one more thing? You know, like last time they said one more thing, like it's the iPhone, like life changing, society changing, a new processor and a laptop. Well, you know, they did a great job, though, describing like what, you know, SOCs are, ARM processors, why it's an important shift. It's going to be a slow transition to these processors, but it's not going to be as slow as people think, because I was I was on the YouTube and like a million people were watching the Apple event. And, um, that means that there's a lot of consumers watching this event because there's new devices. And when you go to the Apple website, you can only buy arm processors for the new MacBook pro 13 and MacBook air. So people that are buying these devices, it's their only option. So everybody's going to have these soon. So it's a, it's kind of a big deal and also big SIRS coming out as well. So that's also kind of a big deal at the same time. Um, I did update, update my MacBook Pro from 2013 to Big Sur. That was scary, but it's totally working just fine. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of an exciting time, but it's a scary time. There's new consoles, there's new, you know, new hardware, new SOCs, and a new .NET. What version of .NET? 5. 5.0. Boom. Well, .NET 5 is the the start of the the future of .NET, right? .NET 5 is the next evolution in .NET Core. Um, you, you know, it's, it's just .NET now. It's no more .NET Cores. There's no more .NET Frameworks. It's just .NET, which makes it awesome. It's on a yearly cycle, so you get .NET 5, .NET 6. Um, .NET 5 is a current release. .NET 6 will be an LTS, or long-term support release. Um, so it's kind of a nice part to start upgrading uh, things in your process, not everything supports .NET 5 just yet. Um, so um, if you're looking to upgrade your Xamarin projects, not yet, that'll be a .NET 6 thing. Same with UWP and a few other frameworks. But if you're building web applications uh, with ASP.NET Core, um, desktop applications, microservices, console apps, anything like that, this is sort of the future where it's going. And tons of new features at the .NET conference, which is the yearly virtual uh, uh, conference that was this week, keynoted on the 10th. So we'll just link to the the video because Mm -hmm. we don't have enough time to go through everything. But the biggest thing for developers to know that this is sort of the start point going forward um, that's going to give you 
sort of a unified runtime, unified project system, unified tooling, and it'll be really exciting for Xamarin developers as we start to get done at six previews because that will also unify the Xamarin tooling, Xamarin libraries, everything into this. Um, so everything will just be the same instead of all these project systems that are all different and tooling that are all different. Um, and everything will just be sort of flattened out. It'll be simple. Um, it's really beautiful. I really like it. Um, you know, keep it really simple for people to understand that this is .NET 5, .NET 6, .NET 7, blah, 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 going forward. And there's just great frameworks that run on top of it. You can actually try out C-sharp 9. You can flip these bits on because those are compiler you know, options, right? That, that that's It's officially supported in .NET 5, but you can flip it on. We, we just tested it out, me and Matt, before the podcast. You can flip it on. There's some like workarounds that kind of just make some as magical stuff work. But in general, it, it, it works pretty nice out of the box. And especially if you're doing .NET 5 work, it's there. But more importantly, Matt, with .NET 5 and .NET Conf came new versions of Visual Studio. Visual Studio 16.8 and Visual Studio for Mac 8.8 and Maddie Legere, program manager extraordinaire, was in the keynote talking about a whole bunch of new stuff, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. And one of them that we like super, super much is XAML Hot Reload. Now, should we call it Hot Reload 2.0, James, or not? That's official name, I'm pretty That's sure. That's the official name. Hot Reload 2.0 introduces uh, UWP. We have UWP support in there. And also changes only support and uh, uh, XAML binding failures. And now, James, I'm going to need you to help me out with this one a little bit more here. So XAML binding failures, what exactly are we doing here with that? Yeah, this is a really cool new feature that works only for Xamarin uh, form XAML, but all XAML. So all these features work with all XAML, which is cool um, because they've unified the the XAML hot reload pipeline, basically. And the XAML bindings failures are really neat because... You know, when you're typing and you have a, a text field and you have binding and you say first name, and if you typo it and you forget like um, N, the, the capital N, you put a lowercase N, well, that's a binding failure. And normally when you run your application, um, it will just not display anything, right? You're like, oh, it, it's not there. But with XAML binding failures, there's a there's a new pane, like an output window when you're just developing your application. You don't have to be debugging or doing anything. Um but it will, or when you're, sorry, when you are debugging your application, um, this window pops up and it will show you your binding failure. So it'll say, hey, you have first name spelled incorrectly. This property doesn't exist in your binding context or data context. And it'll give you the line of code where it failed, which is neat. And then you can use XAML hot reload to fix it. And then the binding failure will go away. So this is nice where instead of like you've looking at your application, you're debugging it, you're running it and you're like, why isn't this thing showing up? Well, the XAML binding failure will tell you. Nice. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of, I blaze or went over it really quick is that the, um, only changes do get reloaded instead of the whole page. And that's actually a pretty big deal because I have a feeling that's going to make things a little bit faster. Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing with the changes only is what you just said there, which is important, is previously you would hit save and it would reload the entire page. So if you had any state in there, like if you entered something into a text box and it wasn't data bound um, correctly or you had your, your binding in your XAML, that's going to get reloaded um, and f- wiped away. But with changes only part of XAML Hot Reload 2.0, this will, I like to call it, there's a DOM 
for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. And it knows how to insert, remove, and update properties in there on each DOM object. So um, if you're, as you're changing a binding, it'll only change just that property and know how to make that change only to what you did. And you don't even have to hit save. You, it'll just, as you type, as soon as there's valid XAML, it, it updates automatically. It's really quick. It's a lot faster. And another really super cool thing that, uh, that Maddie talked about was, how about this? iOS development on a PC. Pretty Boom. Cool. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Right? So essentially, you plug in your iOS uh, device. It, what is it? You open iTunes. And essentially, away you go. There's a couple other steps that you have to go through to actually make it work, um, like entering your Apple developer program credentials, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But what's going to happen is that Visual Studio will provision your device for debugging, and really, there you are. Your iOS device connected to Windows, and there's no, no Mac in the middle. You're good to go for debug yeah. development purposes. You're on your way. And yeah, I've been using it for a long time. It's been in preview. Now it's it's still under a feature flag. So you got to flip these bits on. We'll link to Maddie's blog post to show you all this. Uh, but yeah, it's super duper good. So try it out. And, you know, Xamarin Forms 5.0 has been out in preview. There were some great sessions on that from Maddie and David. Uh, I've been upgrading all of my my Xamarin apps to 5.0 preview. And I'm, I'm super delighted. I get to remove all those feature flags and everything's been running super smooth. I'm real happy with it. Uh, you want to get into our first uh, news article there, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. So this one, actually, when I was reading about it, James, I believe you actually wrote this post about querying and interacting with apps on Android 11 with package visibility. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the great things that uh, Xamarin Essentials did, like when you wanted to send an email, at least over on the Android side, it pretty much it did it for you, right? You didn't have to worry about anything previous to Android 11 to uh, make it work. Just mm-hmm. worked. But now in Android 11, we have to do a couple different things over in the app manifest to actually make it work. You have to declare some intents to say, I'm going to actually send a mail. So essentially, you're letting Android know that you're about to send a query to the mail intent. Same thing if you want to view any uh, HTTP uh, pages, web pages, or send an SMS text message. So you're going to have to do this before you're using that, the um, Xamarin Essentials functionality. Otherwise, you're going to get a feature not supported uh, exception being thrown back to you. So this article is actually just a really good way. And you go through it to explain that, you know, what we this is what we have to do now. And it explains like maybe you are developing for Android 11 and you're seeing these um, these feature not supported exceptions come back and um, kind of explains why or does explain why you're seeing those come back. So but I did have a question for you, James. Mm hmm. How do we know what the intents are, what actions, and what the, what the schemes are? are? Is there documentation here that we can figure out what everything cool. is? Well, I've done all the hard work for you. I've updated all oh, the documentations did. for you. Yeah, because normally, if you were just using the Android APIs directly to query to see if there's any email clients or browser support or things like that, um, you would you would know what intents you're calling because you are literally calling them. But in this case, Xamarin Essentials is calling them for you. And since in Android 11, they added new security protocols, we updated the documentation. So if you're compiling against Android 11, which you should be doing by now, hopefully going forward, um, you'll have to flip these on. And, and it's yet yeah, telling the Android system, I would like permission to do this. And iOS has something similar and it's all documented, Matt. Nice. And we'll, we'll uh, include a link to that documentation. 
Well, the next one up is a guest post from Samir Mansour. Uh, I, I was actually really fun because I got to work with Samir on um, some of this feature, uh, to be honest with you. Um, he wrote a great um, blog post called In-App Reviews for Your Android Apps. And funnily enough, I wrote a blog post um, in March 2017, which was called um, Requesting Store Reviews in iOS 10.3, basically. And it's it's it's, you know an API that was built into iOS that would allow you to request um, a little pop-up to say, give my app some stars. Android has finally added this um, into the Play Core library, which is sort of like a support library, but for Google Play. And this allows you to request your users, write a review for your application. Now, the Play Core library is bound um, by some community members and Samir came to me and he showed this to me and I was like, well, this is really cool. You should write a blog post. So he started writing it. And then I was like, oh man, I have a, a library called the store review plugin that has this stuff built in for iOS and windows and Mac and stuff like that. We should work together to get that functionality into the store review plugin. So we, we took a little bit longer to do the blog post, but now you just have to write one line of code, which is request review, which is if you were doing an iOS, you can now do it on Android and Windows and it'll pop up that um, there. Um, now it is a little bit tricky because you you have to have it in the app store to actually see it. So it's not like, you know, it's a little bit hard to, to test, but it totally works. It's there. <laughs> you can download it. And it's really fun too, because Samir not only wrote this blog post, but he wrote about how it came to be, the story of how it came to be, um, and how we started contributing to these libraries. So it was, uh, it was really cool, nice little story, and it's a cool piece of functionality. It's November, as everybody's listening, for the November podcast, and that means last month was Hacktober. One thing that we did, or that Gerald did with Spearheaded, was the uh, Xamarin Community Toolkit Hacktoberfest hack. I don't know what we'll call it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of people could contribute you know, to make the Xamarin Toolkit better. Gerald had a, just the other day put out a uh, recap blog about it. And first off, li- list all the community contributors who really just went at it this month. And I think there's like 20 folks who just went at it. And it reads like the, when, he, when I read through it, I recognize so many of the GitHub names. Yeah, I think so too. This is really cool. Hacktoberfest, get more people involved. I just updated one of my apps to use the toolkit and use all the new MVVM stuff that they, they brought over from MVVM helpers, which I was like, please take. Um, so like my async commands, uh, observable object, things like that. And, uh, it was quite good. So I'm really happy to see it come over and I can finally stop supporting that thing. And so now officially supported. So that's cool. Um, yeah, it's a good blog post and there's some gifts in there too. So you can definitely check it out. Um, that's mostly going to do, it's been a little bit quiet, but you know, we just have the big releases of Xamarin forms preview and visual studio version, so much to check out. And of course we're going into the holidays, which is also exciting too. Um, but you know, there's a little cloud news, um, you know, um, which I'm really excited about because apparently our favorite online offline data synchronization is back. Yeah. Azure mobile app services, also known as Zumo is in 2.4. What does that even mean? I don't know. know. What does that even even mean? All right. So Azure Mobile App Services was in 2.0, and everybody loved it. Everybody loves Azure Mobile App Services, right? Because it's not really a product like Cosmos DB is a product. Rather, it's a library that sits on top of app services. 
And App Services in Azure is essentially your web uh, site. And so what Zumo does, it gives you a ASP.NET, now it's ASP.NET Core, website with a bunch of controllers in it and OData that lets you communicate back and forth to a SQL Server database or Azure SQL database. Also, though, it gives you a Xamarin front end to it as well. The secret sauce here is that it also kind of encapsulate a bunch of offline sync for you. And so that way you're offline. You can do a bunch of different changes to your data. You come back online and then you can start sending your data back up to Azure. And then if there's any conflicts, it tells you about the conflicts, sends them down, and you can actually decide what you want to do with those conflicts as well. So if you remember way back when um, Azure Mobile App Services was in version two, now it's getting picked up again and we're moving along. So it's just an incremental change, but there is breaking changes with it because it went to a .NET standard 2.0. But it's it's back. It's out there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, so this is, like, like you said, a pretty big update for it because I mean, more than anything, it's, it's for existing customers that, you know, ha- have been looking to upgrade to .NET Core, um, for ASP.NET Core and upgrade to .NET Standard 2.0 and just sort of get like the latest official versions. And there's been sort of bumps along the way to upgrade things, but this was sort of a, in some ways, a rewrite of, of the backend. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, if you're using it, you're, you have some stuff that's updating Matt Leibowitz. Um, helped out um, as well from this, along with Adrian Hall. And it was mostly to say, hey, we're going to, you know, update it. We've said we're going to update it and we're going to make sure that it's going to work with the latest .NET stuff. You know, .NET is moving. So it's like, hey, we want to make sure that if you're a customer using this and this is your case, it's it's done and you're good to go. And with this, though, you know, you don't really have to, there's no like things in Azure to do. In fact, it's just kind of like pointing at an ASP.NET website. So it's a little bit easier to do. I know they're going to keep making some, some, um, improvements there, but I think they've, I think now it's just, I don't think the, I don't, I don't think there's anything with, I don't know if there's push notifications anymore. I need to get a little bit more info with it. I think it's just online and offline sync, right? It's online, offline, and they're using uh, Xamarin Essentials for authentication. Off. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's 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 not a rewrite, but it's a rewrite, right? Right. It's so, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like the next version, but it's just an incremental version. So, hopefully, there'll be a Zumo 3.0. And I'm saying hopefully without any insider knowledge at all. I really don't know. <laughs> but it's um like it's getting Zumo back up and working with the modern technologies. And yeah, give it a shot. See what happens. There's no official documentation for it yet or anything. But um if you're sneak you should, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a sneak peek. And if you're familiar with it already, it should be still very comfortable for you. Um if you're not, we do have the archive documentation you still can find. Uh, Adrian actually has a nice book out there, which he has updated uh, that we'll link to. And um, I like it. And it's one of the reasons I actually got into Azure a long, long time ago is because of it wasn't called Azure Mobile App Services back then. It was a very similar name, but it was something different, mm. like Azure Mobile Service. It was Azure Mobile Services. It didn't have the app in it, I think. Yeah, Azure Mobile Services, then moved to Azure Mobile Apps. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Which brings us, since we're talking so much Azure, the Azure Service of the Month. Ooh, what you got? Azure Event Grid. 
Now, event grid is actually pretty is a pretty fun type of um, um, service. So you may be familiar with the messaging service in Xamarin Forms, which I would imagine everybody is. So uh, essentially, a messaging service is something happens, and you want to let something else know it happens, right? So you send a message, PubSub. Essentially, it's a publisher and a, and a subscriber. So Event Grid is like that, but for Azure, and it's like it on like super duper steroids. And so one way you can think of it is, let's say you have a publisher and it's a, let's say an Azure Key Vault. And you want to be, you want to let other Azure services know when a new key has been created. So you can create a Key Vault as a publisher. And then you can actually create a topic. So like, let's say, you know, keys have been created as your topic and other um, Azure services can subscribe to this topic of keys being created and then receive the updates. But also it can do, um, or receive the, me- the messages, but also can do like, you know, like you can have like 24 hour retry for that. And um, that, that way, like if the message fails to be received and you can have multiple subscribers per publisher, um, it can also do more than just like a key vault being created or a key being created is actually like once in a great while, but you can connect it like the IOT hub or even event hubs when you want it to. So it's like a stream of data coming through and yeah. So it's like a way to do pub sub, but up in Azure and it just supports a ton of different, uh, Azure, Azure processes for, as far as the event sources, things like, um, uh, like Azure App Configuration or Signal R is part of them. I think uh, like Container Registry or even things like over on the um, admin side, like your Azure subscriptions or different events that you can su- uh, subscribe to <laughs> that have to deal with your subscription as well or resource groups when things start, you know, get created in your resource group. So it's kind of cool that you can do a whole bunch of different things like that. And it's kind of like a way to really enhance your serverless integration because you only pay for what happens for what you're subscribing to and you can actually like mm. throttle it down like so let's say all right i only want to listen to um a key vault being created you know that ends with the letter x and so if it doesn't end with the letter x it doesn't pass through to any of your subscribers so you don't have to pay for it you know so that's kind of neat and you know you can have your event handlers be a function you know total serverless or you know go with like to a service bus or logic apps or whatever you want to do or custom make it your own code you know call a webhook so yeah event grid is actually pretty 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 neat mm, i like that that's really cool i think yeah. that is pretty neat i need to check that out that's for sure well, I think that's going to get us probably to our pick of the pod. What you got for us, Matt? All right. I'm going to, I have something written down, but I'm, I'm going to stray away from that. And I'm going to set you up with something, James. I'm oh going to key it up for you. My pick of the pod. And we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. The Xbox. We have a new Xbox <laughs> out, James, right? <laughs> we do have a new Xbox. That's going right. to be your pick. <laughs> yes, that's my pick. So tell us all about it. Tell us what's up with the Xbox. We have the S. We have an X. I don't know. There's like five different versions. <laughs> we have an S and an X. That is correct. The X is the 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 full suite, if you will. It's 4K gaming, 120 hertz. Has a disc drive in it for a Blu-ray playback. All that goodness. Got a terabyte hard drive. It's the most powerful game console in the world. Um, the S is the smaller sibling. It. Um, you know, also plays all the same games, 
but only does scaling up to four, 1440p, still does 120 hertz, can upscale to 4K, um, is a little bit less powerful uh, in it. So one's 500, one's $300 US. Um, but yeah, no, it's out there. I have one. I've been excited about it. I got Game Pass. I've been doing all that stuff with it, and I'm excited to play more. I just did all the updates and I just got a headset. So that's kind of my <laughs> my new thing is I need to go get a headset. So sweet. Yeah. My my pick of the pod. I don't I don't have one, but I am so maybe I will. Are they are, can maybe you even get them? Is like are there people lined up for them? I mean, I have no idea. Um yeah, I mean I'm uh, maybe. I don't know. I think they're pretty much sold out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I mean, because they only release one like every seven years. You know, it's like, you know, once a decade a new Xbox comes out, it seems like so it's pretty rare. Yeah, pretty rare. Pretty rare. So that's it. Yeah. All right. Anyways, my pick of the pod, the Xamarin Community Toolkit, because I've been using it, a whole bunch of good stuff inside there. Um, all the things that you need for your application. It's awesome. You should go check it out. It's uh you can contribute to it if you have awesome controls. Tons of cool controls, behaviors, converters. It's all the stuff that you those little extra tidbits that you need. So go check that out and definitely check out the PRs and contribute to it. But yeah, that's definitely it. We may have already said it, but it's definitely still my pick of the pod. So yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. And before you write anything custom, go check it. Maybe somebody's already did it for you and it's in the community toolkit. And if they haven't, contribute your custom code to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, help everybody else out. There you go. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's Xamarin podcast for this month's Xamarin podcast. I hope everyone's having a great November and we'll see you in December and make sure you go to xamarinpodcast.com to subscribe, share with your friends, get it everywhere you get podcasts and uh, I'll see you next month, Matt. All right. Talk to you later, James. Bye. 